hosted on dimlywit.com. We are your new go-to girls for everything bad. Baddies, we wanted to once again jump in here right at the beginning and give a trigger warning that this uh, episode is going to deal again with domestic violence um, and domestic abuse, but it does have a lot of resources and information. That being said, if you cannot deal with handling this right now, if, if this will trigger you in any way, please pause. We will give a little moment before we actually start the episode. Um, we hope that you can listen in the future, but we understand that some people are not able to listen right now. And we appreciate you and appreciate your support either way. Thank you so much, baddies, and we hope this information will be helpful. Uh, John, uh, you gave you are a wealth of information and knowledge, and I'm so thankful to have you on the show. And, and uh, happy to be back. You were kind of telling me when we spoke before about, like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought this line was funny because... You said like men, the problem is men. And I'm like, Tracy and I have been saying that. Finally, yeah, we're spot on. Yeah. Finally, we gave good <laughs> advice. <laughs> we've been telling everybody, you know, but it is, it's true. It's just, it's so true. It's like, I just feel like we need to do a better job raising our sons, you know? Yeah. We, we do. We do. We're not and, letting bad know, men raise your sons. <clears throat> yeah. And, 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 you know, what we see is like th these conflicts, they're, they, they're generally, equal between men and women as far as being hurtful but what we see is that men are the ones who tend to take it up a notch who get seriously violent mm -hmm. um as, like in this case um but i think you know it, if most men if that does seem to be the, the 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 big elephant in the room is that these homicides you know really serious cases of violence are overwhelmingly perpetrated by men um how do we change that well you know us guys we, we have to look at ourselves and you know we have to be willing to to humble ourselves and to look at areas of our life where we might have been wrong and make that change and i think that's the hardest thing that i have encountered in people working mm. in the groups it's hard for anybody to think that they've been wrong about how they've looked at themselves in the world and, and the people around them um, but it could be even more challenging for somebody who has been labeled now as an abuser by the system by other people in their lives. Um, so it's it's a really complicated issue where people are, you know, somebody who's been identified as a perpetrator um, is struggling perhaps with some shame. Um, and, and it's hard to hold somebody accountable during that period. Um, but there's there's a kind of a movement that I've heard about called about uh, called a call to men. I believe that uh, an advocate named Tony Porter pushes it. And this is the idea that we as guys can can self-reflect and identify some areas. Oh my God. I worked with Tony Porter. Ourselves. I yeah, worked so with like, him and, uh, on, um, I did his makeup. <laughs> on, uh, yeah. He does, uh, he did some stuff with, uh, MLB network. Um, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, this, there's discussion, there's buzz about this stuff going on. Um, but what I would say is that the services for people like the, like the murder in this case out in Ohio, uh, the murder of Deborah and Kathy, um, the services out there for guys like that are 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 far and few between. Um, like I mentioned, they're in every state, but even here in New Jersey, there might be half a dozen. And there are thousands of guys who really need 
those kinds of services. One thing I also want to touch on is I don't know if there was a restraining order in this case, but Brittany mentions that the this this pro, the probation as a protective mechanism didn't work. Um, there are other mechanisms that survivors of domestic violence can use to protect themselves legally. A common one is a restraining order. And what a restraining order does is it legally prohibits the person, the abuser, from contacting you, contacting other people in your life, like perhaps children or mm-hmm. other friends or family members, um, or being near you. Um, my years working with law enforcement, we often found that that was like a, a very common mechanism like let's pursue a restraining order after a domestic violence incident occurred um so that exists however for anybody who's experiencing domestic violence you should kind of weigh out how helpful restraining order is because just like probation people don't have to follow it and people don't have to follow what's on a restraining order i've worked with victims who said you know what he has uh, a high level job he's known i know he's not going to violate this if we get it yeah um so let's do this. He's not, he hasn't been in trouble in the past. I know that this is going to keep him away from me. I've worked with other survivors who have said, are you kidding me? He's going to wipe his ass with this restraining order. He doesn't care. Don't you um, also... This is, going to, this, is, this is going to make things worse for me. Yeah, um, it's going to piss him I, off. And I've worked with other survivors who said, I don't want to pursue a restraining order, not because I think it will provoke him or escalate things, but because I need to be in touch with my partner that's how i keep my partner at bay is, is knowing where they're at um so people really want it i've often every survivor I've, I've met with i said listen you made it in front of me today you've been surviving what you've been doing has been working unfortunately there, there are people who aren't you know i want you to continue trusting your gut there are a lot of resources and that and and tools that are available to you but let's talk about what you think is going to work best and and let's develop your safety plan uh, around the resources that you have and what your gut is telling you. Uh, because you got to listen to your gut when you're in these relationships. And even if it's just toxic, if anybody doesn't isn't quite sure, is my relationship abusive? Is it just toxic? Trust your gut and, and you know, really kind of weigh out where it's going and if it's getting better or worse. Don't you also feel like by the time that a restraining order is put into play, sometimes it could already be too late? Like what it takes to like actually get a restraining order is like they're like, oh, we can't really do that because he hasn't done anything yet. It's like, oh, my God. Did you see the podcast host that was killed by a stalker? No, but no. Like, (laughs) no, like literally two weeks ago, the girl took out a restraining order against this guy and it's detailed exactly everything what he was doing. I mean, he was a scary dude threatening himself, threatening to kill himself. John. And then he broke into the home and killed okay. her and her husband. And over a podcast, he was like a sick fan. Oh no! Oh no! I can't. And like this, she did everything right. She took out the restraining order. Um, he was like a truck driver, so the cops had a hard time finding him. But like, what really? I like what can what can you do? Like, what can you once you've let's say you've done that already, John? Like, what what are the next steps to make somebody feel safe? Survivors often uh, who are in a really dangerous situation may go underground. And what that means is reaching out to special shelters that are available across the country. 
that are only for victims and survivors of domestic violence. That's horrifying. Um, crazy. They exist everywhere. Right? In New Jersey, I believe every county has at least one. Um, how do I find them? You, how do I like, how, if I'm that person, how do like, how do, what do I do? Do I Google this? You can you can Google, but you won't find it. These addresses are totally confidential, and that's Whoa. so that even a, a perpetrator is it like will never referral? be able to locate a survivor. Yeah. Okay. So what you'll what you'll be able to find is uh, if you to check out uh, the National uh, Domestic Violence Hotline. It's mm-hmm. their website. Um, they will have a list of programs that exist throughout the country mm-hmm. for survivors and victims. You call any of those programs based on like your geographic location. They'll be able to pin you to an uh, an organization that runs uh, the shelter for right. uh, for domestic violence survivors. And, and I can't speak to all of them, but what I could tell you is in New Jersey, the ones that I've worked with, um, these are not like cold industrial shelters like you might think you're going into. Yeah, like a homeless when you, shelter. When you hear that word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, we're looking like I get a few of them are like really nice houses and, you know, with really nice playgrounds for children. They have therapy programs in there. And they're protected. You're never totally protected. Mm-hmm. You can't go in unless it's uh, through a security often. Wow. Okay. Um, and yeah, and their addresses are not available because they keep it private. Right. As they should. Are they not in the system either? Like if for like government things and bills and all that stuff, like are they like say you're, for example, you're you're fearful of somebody who has power, like like somebody in like the cop world who who can access stuff government wise. Like, are you protected in that form? So you you are you do there are government protections. Okay, Uh, a a domestic violence shelter may be run by a nonprofit, may be run by a government entity. Uh, may be run by a private organization. So they kind of vary. Um, but there are, there are, at least I could say in New Jersey, there are state-level resources okay, that are it. available um, that could also further help somebody to go underground. And, and one of those okay. is the address confidentiality program. If somebody doesn't want their mailing address known um, because they're a survivor of domestic violence right. and they're trying to stay safe, um, there are programs that New Jersey offers to keep somebody's address confidential. Only shows up as a PO box. That's um, amazing. Nobody would know who it's going to. Yeah. So there's there are a lot of mechanisms. It's it's a matter of taking the step to reach out for help and to really to talk to somebody and say, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. Right. What do you think? You know, is this healthy or is it not healthy? If it's unhealthy, do you think it's outright toxic or violent? Um, and what can I do about it? Um, you know, and and. I would say the same exact thing for anybody who feels like they've been accused of being abusive. Um, it's something that that there are resources out there to be able to check out and and to get some help. You know, it's so hard to take that first step. Like, you know, I think I I remember, you know, I spoke with you about I had a, a girlfriend that was in the situation and it's just like taking that first step to get help is the hardest, you know. Yeah, and what, one thing I can say is we often did counseling groups for survivors in groups because it's really important that you know you're not alone. In this yeah, stuff. yeah. Um, and I think that when we build up a community around ourselves, especially if you've been in a really toxic relationship or maybe you've lost touch with some friends and some family, 
um, and you're not venturing out as much as you used to, um, it's even more crucial that you can connect with some other people that share your experience because they're going to help you move forward. Mm -hmm. They're going to tell you what worked for them, what didn't work for them. Um, and, and there'll be, and we all need a support system. There's a great psychiatrist, Harry Stack Sullivan says, social relationships are as important to people as oxygen. We can't wow. survive without our social relationships. And in some of the most controlling, domineering um, domestic violence relationships and cases that I've been a part of, what we find is like it, those survivors or victims um, haven't spoken to friends and family for years and have really lo you know, lost touch, almost like a drifting satellite. People went, fell out of range. Um, so part of that is just kind of getting back out there. And if it's whether it's creating a new community, community of supports around you, maybe to reaching out to some people that you've lost touch with. Um, that's a really important thing. Um, John, why aren't there like harsher penalties for, for this? Like why are cops called to domestic violence situation? And often, you know, I don't know, people are arrested and they go home the same day. Like, it's just frustrating. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of beyond the scope of anything that I could, really answer but you know criminal charges vary the penalties for criminal charges vary um and in 2023 it takes a lot uh for somebody to be in, in you know arrested and jailed for an extended period of time especially if they like many abusers don't have a criminal record to begin with mm -hmm. um so you know but that's that's a common thing that, I, that i've heard even from police officers is you know we're showing up to the same house over yes. and over again yes um you know one thing i've often encouraged police officers to keep in mind is not to let your guard down um we know that showing up to a domestic is one of the riskiest it's a dangerous uh, call for a cop yeah it is and it's one of the most common but it could also be one of the most dangerous and so it, it's that's like a tricky combination mm -hmm. to kind of toe that line of having to go out to the same family over and over again but this is also the same kind of scenario that kills most cops. It's the most com one of the most common reasons for an officer line of duty fatality is showing up to a domestic. Um, so even if you're an officer and you're showing up to these houses over and over again, um, don't get desensitized and, and keep your guard up um, because it's really going to be important for the next call out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good advice. I have a situation where I, I'm not going to say who it was, but um the couple had gotten in a fight and he cornered her and her reaction was to headbutt him to get out of the corner um and then he took off and when she called the cops they said well if he had been here we would have arrested you because he's the one who has blood on him and like he would have gotten off scot-free because he didn't put marks on her but she, in defense, put marks on him. Therefore, she would have been taken away. So, like, it's totally fucked out there. Like, no one's safe. Yeah, it's it. These are the most trickiest cases to decipher, um, especially when it seems like there's a gray area. Police officers who show up have to make a call. They have to make an arrest. It's often mm -hmm. called like a mandatory arrest. Um, and what I found is they tend, you know, they tend to weigh on arresting men. And my personal experience is, is kind of what I find. Um, but, and, you know, you, there may be s some disagreement behind that, but again, if you look at those statistics, we know that men are overwhelmingly the problem 
uh, when things get really serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I didn't know about those shelters underground. I didn't know about a lot of no. the things he said. I had no idea. I'm so dumb. Like, um, can you Google the sh- underground yeah. shelters? What an idiot. <laughs> well, let's not call them underground shelters. <laughs> <laughs> These are just the shelters. Safe houses, people. yeah. <laughs> yeah, safe house yeah. for somebody who's leaving a domestic violence relationship. Um, you know, it's a and by underground just means nobody's nobody would see where you are. Right, right. you're hidden. You're not, you're not literally safe. in the ground. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You won't be in you won't be in the trenches or anything like that. But it's uh, they exist. Like I said, they exist everywhere. Um, and I'm just pulling up the resource now for anybody who's interested. I would encourage anybody uh, to visit thehotline.org, uh, thehotline one word dot org. And that's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be able to find resources and supports no matter where you're living. And you'll be able to speak to somebody, too. Oh, that's, Thank you that's so much. really awesome. That's really helpful. Thank you. Thank you, John. You're awesome. We're going to use you as our resource for more stuff, if that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to come back. Our listeners are going to be so thankful to have you. And I really hope that you can come back in the future for another episode, you know, um, you know, because you're a scientist, you're doing science shit. We 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 could, we should have had you on for the, uh, for the episode where we had the girl that, uh, you know, the flat earther. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, you you're you're wonderful. I can't thank you enough for for talking to us. You know, you are so out of our league. One of the few men are that are out of our league. So thank you, John, for for coming on. And we really do hope to have you, you back. Thank you, thank you. I hope I made some sense today. Uh, and I and. You know, kudos to you for really bringing this issue to the uh, to, to the mainstream like this, uh, because more voices uh, means more more action. So, don't forget, guys! New episodes air every Tuesday. So, see you next Tuesday. Even though we are not your best examples, uh, we're the best you've got. So, cheers, bitches! Cheers. Rate, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Hosted on dimlywit.com.